Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host for Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition. Today is July 12th, 2017, and I'm here in Lviv, Ukraine, uh, at the offices of Quinta Group with uh, Volodymyr Cherpanyak, who is a founder, partner, and CEO of Quinta Group. Today we're going to talk a little bit about a major project that Quinta Group is involved in called Prozoro. And Prozoro is basically a, an e-procurement system that is being developed for the Ukrainian government. So Volodya, tell me a little bit about your background, your educational background, how you got involved in the technology field. Uh, hello Mike, I'm happy to see you in our office. Uh, our, my background is mostly technical. Or I've graduated as a applied math student in uh, National University, Ivan Franco National University of Lviv. Uh, we started our company as Quinta Group and it at 2003 and. Uh, Basically, as a consultancy, uh, our main approach to the client was open source and uh, content management systems. So, our solutions were web-based. Most clients were from US or Europe. Later on, uh, we established uh, relations with Australia, uh, some Eastern. Chinese we had even Chinese customers. Uh, for our system was deployed into several uh, American universities and uh, governmental institutions in Europe and around the world. Uh, it is called Plom. It is open source, and uh, still it exists. It started in 2002 and uh, still it exists and develops uh, with the global community and uh, supporters all around the world. So what is Plom used for? Plom is a content management system. It, is, uh, it allows users to fill in website with content. Let's change direction on our discussion to Prozoro. Volodya, can you tell us something about this project? Current, currently, Prozoro is in production stage and we are working to extend its features and align it with, with uh, law changes, with uh, new requirements that appear from on the market and uh, which are written down from the state. So how does it work specifically? Do companies in Ukraine put a tender up on Prozoro requesting some kind of a product or commodity and then other companies come in and... Uh, yes, them. basically it's it's common situation is a, a procuring entity enters the, the requirements be it a product or service on the, uh, on the system and uh, then commercial companies are bidding on the tender, saying we can provide this uh, goods or these goods or provide this service to you in the 
budgets that you set or even less. Uh, it is important to say that Prozoro is not a, a, a single centralized uh, platform and it is uh, a big system with a central database but several marketplaces connected to the central database with, uh, through the API, open API, and uh, each of the marketplace provides their customers, their commercial companies uh, and uh, also state procuring entities into the system, allows them to in input data and communicate through the system. So what would you say is the major benefit of this to the Ukrainian government and to Ukraine as a whole? Is it, is it financial savings and if so, roughly how much has been saved so far using Prozor? The main focus of the development of the system was to fight the corruption and to make it kind of decentralized or at least uh, be uh, able to protect it from manipulation from certain entities. Uh, connecting several marketplaces allows us uh, to fulfill such uh, idea. It works. Mainly it works and uh, we hope that the system will develop further and further. I understand there was an award made recently for ProZoro. Uh, Yes, Prozoro got several awards, one of them on 2016, it was a World Procurement Forum in London, where Prozoro got one of the awards as an open procurement uh, system. I think that's all the time we have today, Volodya, so uh, thank you for talking with us <laughs> on Made in Ukraine. Tech Startup Edition. Thank you. Next up is part two of the Quinta Group interview. Hello, this is Mike Burek, and I'm here at the offices of Quinta Group in Lviv, Ukraine. And I'll be speaking with uh, Miroslav Opir, who is the chief technology officer for the company. We got a little bit of background earlier from uh, Volodya Cherepanyak, about the ProZoro project, but I'm interested in hearing your view on it. Um, how well do you think it's gone? What are some of the obstacles? And where do you think it's going longer term? Okay, so the project itself has quite big achievements. So being the public procurement system of Ukraine um, is quite a big achievement because Ukraine is not a small country with uh, 42 millions of uh, citizens. Uh, it is becoming one of the biggest in Europe. Uh, thus, uh, due to um, legacy of uh, Soviet Union, we have strong and big uh, government uh, and public procurement is a big sector of what government does. So government is procuring a lot still. So, uh, we are procuring uh, 25 uh, billion US dollars a year and 
this is uh, we are doing a lot of procurements in the Ukraine. When I speak we, <laughs> we are, I'm speaking about the Ukraine. Uh, and it is a lot of procedures, so tender procedures that can be competitive, that is opening a lot of possibilities for private sector in Ukraine. So this uh, historically has been a huge corruptive uh, source of income for politicians who uh, just via that way uh, got funding via corruption, via kickbacks on public procurements, got um, funding for their wrongdoings uh, later or for own wealth, whatever. And uh, eliminating uh, these kickbacks uh, was quite essential part of Prozoro itself. And it is doing via two uh, means. First, full transparency of whole process, so everybody is able to see everything, what is going on in the procurement, besides short sealed bids section. And uh, the other way is the electronic auction that is driving cost of procurement to as low economically viable position as possible, leaving no space for kickbacks. So, uh, everything else is um, then should be not via procurement, so should be somewhere else. Uh, if uh, a official is trying to get a kickback from this procurement. So, we are eliminating the most easy and uh, gate, way to get uh, this, uh, this money for corrupt, corrupt officials. Does anyone know at this point how much money Prozoro has saved the government in the procurement area? Yeah, and this number is visible to just everyone. There is business intelligence site that was brought up in the, in the course of the reform. And this one is bi.prozoro.org. It is powered by uh, ClickSense platform and it is public to every citizen of Ukraine or even the world. So it, it even has uh, English version. Uh, unfortunately, not all the names of organizations and participants are in English, but nevertheless, you can get some guesses what is there. So uh, I'm just right now opening this uh, website and I'll tell you what current economy is. So current economy, uh, which is um, so-called potential economy, if current procedures that are not yet uh, finished will finish, will be 27 uh, billions of hryvnia, uh, and this is a little bit more than 1 billion of dollar. When I filter procedures just to those that have already finished, it is only, uh, th this is already 20 one billion. So it is already known. We, we are calculating this uh, economy as difference between the budget that was for procurement and effective uh, close price for this procurement. 
and why we are considering this big uh, difference so, so the budget to be uh, the one that is 100% it is because before the system was introduced prices never dropped more than something like 2% or something like that so, so you effectively were buying all budget you were procuring all budget you had and everything that was due to become economy was in kickbacks. Right, right. <laughs> and over what period of time was this? Prozoro was first implemented in 2014? So it was started development in 2014. It became operational in February uh, 2015. The whole 2015 it was in so-called pilot mode for only below threshold unregulated procurements, only voluntary organizations, so government organizations that had already uh, changed into um, their leadership. They had new managers that came uh, due to after revolution uh, that wanted this transparency. Uh, they did that. And then um, government, uh, so, so administration, a president, a presidential administration ordered the central units, uh, central units of uh, government to, to start switching to the system. Uh, so they started ordering, for instance, Ministry of Infrastructure had a huge challenge to secure, to, to um, find a way to track the money because Ministry of Infrastructure itself is very small ministry so it is only 200 of people uh, in Ukrainian measurements it is very small uh, but they have they uh, are commanding a huge army of organizations so, so Ukrainian railways Ukrainian post uh, the telecommunication it, it used to be government so a lot of organizations, so all of the ports, airports, etc. So a lot of uh, employees, so this thousands and thousands of employees, it was 3,000 organizations hmm. under governance of 200 of people in ministry. So it was no possibility to control <laughs> all that organizations. So thus they ordered this transparency. So they ordered their companies to start procuring via Prozoro to be able to get information back from Prozoro about what their companies are procuring and how they are procuring. Having seen uh, visualizing wrongdoings and then doing replacement in, uh, in officials in that uh, companies just due to the way how they did the procurement. So this was instrument for them. So it's one thing for the government to say, use it. And it's another one to make that happen. How much, how much pushback has there been from these 3,000 organizations or entities in terms of using the system? So they should use uh, up to some specific levels. So, so are, they were not able to not use. Uh, but uh, it is, so we have uh, in Ukraine quite complicated landscape of who is ordering what and where law is working. For this organization, law for public procurement is not working despite the fact that they are government organizations, government enterprises, public enterprises. So uh, 
the law is working for uh, different organizations that are under the law. So in 2016, we had a law. And this in 2016, in April, system was launched uh, as law instructed uh, to do. And this, uh, this way, uh, some of the organizations had no uh, way to escape because it was against the law. So they had to procure via the system. And then in unregulated area, it is for state enterprises, public, public, public enterprises, and for um, all um, municipalities, etc. So they had to order own decrees of what who should procure via the system. So we had different level of uh, acceptance of the system. So two big uh, regions uh, signed it up to have all procurement via Prozoro. It is Kyiv State Administration, so the Kyiv uh, State, uh, the capital, the whole city. And then uh, Dnipro uh, region. Uh, Dnipropetrovsk region and Dnipro itself. So these two regions are now leading uh, in implementation. Others have uh, selected different thresholds of what should go via Prozoro, via competitive procedure, or what can be done via direct procurement. Because direct procurement is just holy grail. You just order whoever you want, you get it back nobody sees that, that's it. Law right now is just ordering so that something more than $2,000 should be recorded, even if it is direct procurement. It is already a big achievement because we see what is being directly procured. So the system at the moment is recording all that direct procurements and it is huge amount of open data that can be mm, processed. It is already, I can say that it's big data because if in JSON format it is 20 up to 25 gigabytes of JSON files so it is 4 gigabyte zip file of all of that information uh, over the last year essentially because pilot phase 2015 was just not that big scale before the law came so law directly instructed everyone to use the system and then the amount of data exploded. Right, right. So we're running short of time. Yeah. And for a final question, I'd like to ask you where you think this project is going. Do so you think it will ultimately be successful? In Ukraine, yes. In Ukraine, definitely. But success we are measuring about the motto Prozora goes global. So our motto is to move the whole project to be used outside of Ukraine. At the moment it is used in public procurement, in sales of public goods, because government in Ukraine is selling a lot of um, money of bankrupt banks and assets and credits, whatever they have, it is sold via the system. So we have, uh, at the moment, we are starting uh, the um, selling uh, assets of state enterprises, something like uh, unnecessary things like iron that is uh, with the second hand or not refurbished, uh, second hand. So something like 
waste, so iron A waste and other wastes, it is already resourced, but it is being sold via the system on auction, it is bringing extra money to government. So the system at the moment is used for private procurement. So the system is used for Rialto tenders system. So it is private procurement built on the same principles as Prozor. So Ukraine has the chances of become of most transparent country regarding any procurement. If you get public procurement and private procurement, you, you can unify the data sets and have the full picture of, of what Ukraine is being procuring. So Rialto is just starting up. And we are right now building system for Moldova, so public procurement system for Moldova. We do have implementations in other countries. I do not disclose the names of what we are, whom we are speaking with, and these uh, we do expect the system to be used worldwide, just to the, due to this transparent thing, the economy thing and the uh, amount of data the system is gathering for further processing. So it is one of the mm, most prominent implementations of open contracting data standard that is used in uh, the system, sorry, uh, that is used, that is implemented worldwide. So the OCDS is allowing to see full picture of what uh, st state is procuring and full transparency for many stakeholders, both for governments, for providers of goods and services and for civil society. And this is what Prozoro is essentially doing, is united for uniting forces of government, private sector and civil society, and we call this golden triangle of partnership. So we are controlling each other and helping each other. So OCDS is the data standard well, uh, recognized worldwide and we are providing information in this data standard to, uh, for other countries to use. And system, we produce the open procurement toolkit that is open source. So it is one another uh, mean to implement it in other countries. So it is rather cheap to implement and rather cheap to maintain because we do not do vendor lock-in. Uh, if another country has own potential of, uh, of uh, IT specialists, they can carry on on themselves. And we also have several companies in Ukraine that are able to do the consulting in this area, not only our company. So we are also trying to grow the ecosystem of providers here as well. It's all very interesting. Thank you so much. But I forgot to ask you in the beginning, how did you get involved in technology? What is your educational background and what was your early career like? Very quickly. I got involved into technology something when I was four years old. <laughs> My father brought Spectrum, that X Spectrum computer UK small computer to home because he was teacher in university of programming and it was very interesting for him it was very interesting for me to see games on our tv <laughs> so and then later in six uh, i created first program in age of six first program that was drawing houses on the screen and then i started to um, build more and more programs and then um, in 2000, oh sorry, not 2011, 12, oh, sorry, 
1992, I got to Lviv Physics and Mathematics Lyceum. It is one of the best uh, organizations, uh, best institutions to study uh, when being still in school. So uh, together with Volodymyr, we studied there and with yet another partner here in company. So we are in, in the same class, we studied there. And we, get, we got their very mm, perfect uh, team of uh, like-minded people. So we, we were teaching each other without teachers. We were, had our own pet projects, etc. And the natural way was university, applied science, five years in the university. And while being in university, I started the company. So while still being students, uh, outsourcing company, offshore programming, and then 2000 uh, got involved in, in German company together again with Volodymyr and Dihar. That company was very short in, in time. The mother company went bankrupt, but we needed to do something together. And then Quinta Group was born in 2002. Okay, great. I think that's going to be it for today. This is Mike Burek. I'm your host for Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition. And we've been speaking with Miroslav Opir, who is the Chief Technology Officer for Quinta Group. Thanks so much for listening. That's all for now.